Hi, you're listening to Coaching for Leaders. This is episode number 45, airing on July 9th, 2012. Produced by Innovate Learning, maximizing human potential. Welcome to Coaching for Leaders. This is the show for leaders who want to improve themselves so they can better engage and develop others. Whether you're a seasoned leader or leading people for the first time, improving your leadership skills will drive your success, and most importantly, the success of others. This week's topic, how leaders and followers take in information. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Coaching for Leaders. My name is Dave Stahoviak, and I'm coming to you from our studio out here in beautiful Orange County, California. And I hope you had a wonderful weekend and are ready to jump in this week with uh, some new information that'll get you started in the week on thinking about personality. And I say that because if you are joining us for the very first time, you are catching us in the midst of a series on personality and how we all as leaders have different personalities, of course, and how those personalities influence us in certainly how we interact with ourselves, how we interact with others, and ultimately how we lead people. And, uh, you know, personality just comes down to the core of how we all approach just about every type of situation. I was thinking about this this weekend. Bonnie and I were with a friend of ours, and we were talking about uh, just the week ahead and things that were being planned. And all three of us were commenting on how we have our schedule and our lists of all the things that we're trying to get done each week. And uh, I know for a fact that there is a huge piece of the population that does not plan out a week and doesn't uh, plan out, you know, tasks and doesn't create task lists. And and many people that works very well for, and it would never work for me. Uh, my personality type is someone who likes to have everything planned out, structured, almost to the point of it being a fault. I tend to over plan things when I probably should spend more time living in the moment and working in the moment. But I love task taskless. I love planning things out, planning out schedules. And I was thinking about that as I was having that conversation and realizing, uh, not realizing, but really being reminded again of how our personality preferences and our core personalities really do influence how we view the world and how we interact with others. And regardless of which side of these different preferences you fall on, there's no right or wrong per se but there are it is important for us as leaders to be able to understand what are our strengths what are some of our potential blind spots and then how does that inform how we communicate and lead others and if we can understand that well and we can understand ourselves effectively we are going to be a lot more effective at leading others understanding others and being able to communicate in such a way that not only helps us to get to our goals but helps other people get to their career goals and hopefully helps the entire organization to be able to get where that organization wants to go to. So in order to look at personality, I've been taking uh, the framework that Carl Jung first researched back, uh, oh gosh, over 100 years ago on personality. He was the person who really kind of 
did the first research around this, and I've been looking through a couple of these different dichotomies that he researched, and we looked over the last two episodes at extroversion and introversion. So if you'd like to know more about that, go go back and listen first to episode 43 and then episode number 44. That'll give you a good feel for extroversion and introversion. But today we're going to look at how we take in information. And this was part of Carl Jung's personality framework as well, of looking at people and how people tend to take in information. And why is that important to us as leaders? Well, uh, you know, how people take in information really does inform how, what it is they consider, how they think about it, and ultimately what is going to lead them eventually to the decisions they make, which is another part of personality, which we'll talk about next week. So this is a very important framework for us to look at. It also is one of the dichotomies that is... Um, assessed in one of the most popular personality instruments out there called the Myers-Briggs Type Indicator. And you've heard us talk about that instrument over the last couple of episodes here. So if you're familiar with that instrument, this is the second of the four dichotomies that the Myers-Briggs Type Indicator, or MBTI, looks at. Now, before jumping in and looking at these two different dichotomies in detail, I just wanted to mention there's some great ways to join the conversation and engage in dialogue with me, with other listeners of this show, and also to seek out more information on the topics and the things we're talking about, not only in this episode, but really everything that uh, would be helpful to you to better engage and develop others as a leader. And the best way by far to do that is to hop onto our website. You can find that at coachingforleaders.com. You can also call anytime to our feedback hotline that comes right to me, and that number is 949 Three eight learn, and of course email always good, and that's email address is feedback at coachingforleaders.com. So let's take a look at these two different dichotomies. Now again, what we're looking at today is how we as people take in information. Now once we take in information, we can do things with it. One of the biggest things we would do is is eventually to make some decisions with information. And again, we'll be talking about that next week. But first of all, we want to be able to understand what are some of the different ways that we take in information and what is it that comes to our attention and how do we process that? And so uh, I'm going to walk through these two different, uh, these two different uh, opposites, if you would, of how we different, uh, how we take in personality and opposites probably isn't even right, the right word, but really the dichotomy on uh, different ends of the scale here. And uh, and like all of these personality preferences we've talked about over the last few episodes and over the next couple of episodes is to know that we all do all of these things. So I'll talk about two different dichotomies today. And as I'm looking through the list of the notes that I have written here for this episode, you know, I tap into both of these dichotomies. It's just that when we talk about our personality, we most of us have a default setting, for lack of a better term. We have a place that we tend to go first, a place that's most comfortable, uh, our favorite room in the house, if you would, going back to that analogy I mentioned a couple episodes ago. So that's something really important to know, is that really, again, these dichotomies are just preferences. Doesn't mean we can't do the other one, it just tends to be these are where we start first. So there are two ways that um, we can think about taking in information. So I'm going to start, first of all, with um, on one side is what we call a sensing 
preference. Now, the other side is what's called an intuition preference. Now, what do I mean by sensing preference and intuition? Well, I'm going to take sensing first, and we're going to talk in detail here about sensing, then I'll take intuition in a few minutes. So um, I'm going to be referencing here uh, for just a moment a book that's put out by the folks that publish the Myers-Briggs Type Indicator. It's called Introduction to Type. If you've ever taken the MBTI, which is what the term for Myers-Briggs Type Indicator, you may have received this book. And I'm going to read one brief quote from this book, which defines what sensing is. So those who have a sensing preference are people who, this is from page nine of their book, people who prefer sensing like to take in information that's real and tangible, what's actually happening. They're observant about the specifics of what's going on around them and are especially attuned to practical realities. So what does this mean? For people who have a sensing preference, and again, this is where they go first when they're, uh, when they're pr- taking in information and noticing what's going on in the world around them. Well, they are looking uh, first, uh, consciously or unconsciously, for tangible realities. You know, what's really going on out there and what is concrete information that they can get from their five senses. So those who have that sensing preference tend to be very much oriented toward present reality, the here, the now, the what's going on, and looking to present reality in order to take in information about what's happening in the world, about what's happening in the organization, about what's happening with people. So uh, as I mentioned in this, see if this sounds like you, see if this sounds like people that you work with and also people that you live with too, because we do see these personality preferences, of course, show up in all areas of our lives. So those with a sensing preference, as you may guess, uh, tend to uh, be really tuned into real life experiences, uh, real life things that are going on and really focus extensively on experience. And as a result, uh, they tend to spend some time collecting information and uh, getting trying to get the big picture of what's going on. So those who have a sensing preference tend to take a little bit more time to reach conclusions about what it is that they're taking in because, of course, they tend to see the details first before they see the bigger picture. So someone with a sensing preference really tends to grab onto the details and then takes the details and puts together those details to eventually start to piece together some concepts and theories. So if there was one word that I could use to um, to capture how someone with a sensing preference really takes in information, it would be this word, experience. It's the five sense, senses that they experience, the, the who, what, where, well, how, you know, the sight, what does it sound like, what does it smell like, those types of things. Experience is big for those with a sensing preference. So, um, so a couple of tips for leaders who tend to be like this, who tend to prefer sensing. So if you're the type that tends to grab onto tangible realities and tends to really value real life experience and 
tends to like to see kind of the details first and then incorporate those details and eventually synthesize them and put them together, then here's a few tips for you. Um, One of them is as a leader is tell people where you are going. One of the things that tends to be a great strength for those with a sensing preference is that they do really kind of look at all the information, they kind of put all the pieces together, and then utilize that to to create a path forward. Uh, However, um, not everybody has the patience for that. So one thing that you can do as a leader is if you do tend to have a preference for spending time doing that, is tell people what you're doing. Tell people that you may take time to put together a lot of data and put together information and to then make a decision about where things are going to go. And that once you've done that is to then be able to articulate where that's going. The other thing to know is if you are a leader that tends to prefer the sensing side is you can't ever collect it all. You can't ever get all the information out there. So at some point, you'll want to and need to start synthesizing information to be able to determine what that path forward is going to be. Um, One thing that you may want to consider as a leader, if you have a preference for sensing, is to get some help thinking about the future. Uh, You know, those with a sensing preference tend to think a little bit more about the here and now and tend not to start thinking about the future and the vision for what the future is going to be. So that's where you may want to tap into the resources of a colleague or peer who has more of that intuition preference, who tends to kind of think about the future more and think about the big picture. And that's an, that's my final tip for those who tend to prefer sensing is to watch out for missing the big picture. It's easy sometimes to get caught up in the details of, you know, the, the, the five senses and, uh, and the, the specifics of what's happening, but to miss the larger picture and the larger reason for doing something. And I know that there are times that for me, when I am looking at things through the sensing lenses, sometimes I'll look at the details and I'll see all the details and I'll miss the big picture that's right in front of me. So so that then leads me to, well, how would you lead those who have a sensing preference? So if sensing preference doesn't sound like you as much, but it sounds like someone you work with or that you lead or maybe even leads you, is if you're leading someone who has a sensing preference is to remember to talk about the here and now. Again, those things that are happening today, practical reality. If you speak in terms of that language, you'll be more likely to have someone with a sensing preference to be able to take in more about what it is that you're saying and communicating. You also want to make sure to give plenty of details up front and then lead them through to the conclusion that you're drawing. So that's something that can be very helpful when you're communicating with someone that has a very strong sensing preference. And then, of course, uh, reference how practical experience is forming whatever communication or decision or direction that you as a leader are moving forward on. If you can reference that practical experience, that's going to be really helpful for someone with a sensing preference. Now, it doesn't mean they're going to agree with you. It doesn't mean that that person's going to um, be happy with the decision, but it 
it helps someone with a sensing preference to understand more and to take in the information about how it is that you are moving forward and how you're considering what it is you're considering as a leader. So so that's a snapshot of what the sensing preference looks like. So again, that's taking in information through that tangible results, through experience, kind of the here and now, uh, today, what's happening, looking at all the details. Now, the other side of this, the other dichotomy is having a preference for uh, what is called intuition. And uh, Jung first uh, coined this term, I believe, uh, around intuition on the other side here. So I'm going to go back again to the introduction to type book I mentioned a moment ago. And again, page nine on that book, for those of you who may have it, uh, here's how the folks at CPP define intuition. They say, people who prefer intuition like to take in information by seeing the big picture, focusing on the relationships and connections between facts. They want to grasp patterns and are especially attuned to seeing new possibilities. So those who have a preference for intuition tend to, um, unlike those who have a preference for sensing and tend to look at the tangible realities first, those with an intuition preference tend to look at more of the intangibles first. So they tend to start by looking at concepts and patterns. And the thing that is often used to describe those who have an intuition preference is that they certainly do still consider those five senses, right? The What it looks like, what it sounds like, all those things that someone with a sensing preference would. But they then tend to also have that sixth sense, that sense that you can't quite ever nail down exactly what that sense is, but you just have that knowing, that feeling, kind of that... that um, that uh, that con- conclusion about something, you tend to see something that other people don't see. The other difference with those who have an intuition preference is more of an orientation towards the future. Now, you'll remember a moment ago, I mentioned those with a sensing preference tend to be thinking about more of the here and now. Uh, those with an intuition preference tend to think a little bit more toward the future, ideas, possibilities, visioning. So when they see things that come across their uh, their radar screen that are talking or looking like they're in the terms of ideas, possibilities, the future, those tend to be things that are taken in easier by those with an intuition preference. Um, folks with an intuition preference also tend to reach conclusions more quickly. Now, it doesn't mean their decision, their conclusions are any better than those with a sensing preference. It just tends to mean that they tend to reach conclusions more quickly. And I can really resonate with this. I tend to have more of a preference for intuition myself. And I know that when I first see something and I first take in information, I tend to reach a conclusion fairly quickly. I will then sometimes go back later and look at the details and also sometimes realize that my initial conclusion wasn't always the best conclusion, but I do tend to reach conclusions fairly quickly on on things and taking in information. And that's something that's very indicative of those who have an intuition preference. Um, and, and unlike those who start with a sensing preference, those with an intuition preference tend to start with the meaning first and kind of work their way back to the details. So they're looking at kind of the big picture, the, uh, you know, the the possibility, 
uh, the concept first, and then they'll work their way back to the way, to the details later on. And again, it's not to say they don't pay attention to the details, but they're just working their way. They don't start there first. Um, so if there was one word that I could use to capture, how do people with an intuition preference take in information? It's what inspires them. So again, the word for sensing was what experience they have. With intuition, it's more about what, what actually inspires that person. So here's a few tips for those of us who tend to have a preference for intuition. And in a leadership role, what are some things that you would want to think about as you're helping other people to take in information about what you're communicating? And one thing to keep in mind is people don't always get it until they see how it's really going to happen. So uh, I say that because those of us who have the intuition preference will sometimes start talking about big ideas, possibilities, vision for the future. And the people who are sitting around them that might have more of that sensing preference are thinking to themselves, how's he going to do that? <laughs> how are we going to, how's that going to happen with the resources that we have right now? Um, has he or she thought through this process? And does it make sense that we could actually make that happen? So those are some of the, the things that if you have a preference for intuition and you tend to look at things more from the big picture first, is also to make sure to demonstrate how you've done your homework too. So it's not just that you came to a conclusion, but that you've also thought through some of the details. And another tip, of course, for leaders who do have that intuition preference is to get help looking at the details. This is where it's helpful to have a colleague or uh, or someone who's leading you or a mentor who may have more of a sensing preference to help you look at the details and to watch out for missing or important details. I know this is one that kind of gets me in trouble on occasion is I'll see a pattern I'll start to create a story in my mind around something that I'm seeing and observing and creating a story around it. And I'll end up missing some really important details that end up uh, resulting in me not making a very good decision. So now I say that there's also many times where my intuition preference is very helpful to me, but that's something just to watch out for. So particularly in a leadership role, you want to just Get help at looking at all the details out there. Now, if you're leading folks who have a preference for intuition, uh, a great way to communicate with them is talk about the future. You want to be able to talk about the future. Talk about those big ideas, the possibility, the vision. If that's not something that comes naturally to you, um, listen for the language that those of your colleagues and the people you lead are using um, in order to describe the future and also get help on doing that too. Of, you know, how do you talk about the future? How to frame the future? And then set the stage for the big picture and then fill in the details. So if you're talking to and interacting with someone who has an intuition preference, set the stage first. Uh, uh, what's the big picture? Where are we overall trying to go? And then kind of backfill in the details. Now, that's the exact opposite you do if you were talking to someone with a sensing preference. Again, you mentioned with a, someone with a sensing preference, you'll start off with the details and then kind of put all the details together to lead them through to the overall conclusion. So uh, neither is better or worse. Certainly, sometimes there's in different situations, one may be more helpful than another, depending on 
uh, what the situation is. But as far as how we process information, both of these methods have their their advantages and disadvantages. So it's important to know where we stand as leaders so we can best communicate, process, and also think about things that might be blind spots for us. And then finally, if you're leading someone with an intuition preference, be sure to reference how uh, inspiration is leading to this. So what is it that is inspiring? What is it that's the big picture that's driving this forward? And if you can connect with that, you're going to help the person who has the intuition preference to better see and internalize what it is that you're communicating. So I hope that those two dichotomies are helpful in thinking about how you take in information. So take a moment here if you haven't already and think about uh, one thing is which of these preferences do you think sounds most like where you tend to go first? Is it the sensing preference where you look at kind of the real tangible reality first, real life experience, the details first? Or do you tend to be the type that looks at more the intangible concepts and patterns, kind of looks at the big picture first and may work your way back to the details? And then once you've thought about that, I'd also challenge you to do some thinking about the people that you work with and that you lead most closely what are their preferences? Now, you may not know right away, but as you're going through your week this week, what I would challenge you to do is to listen for the language that people use. Are they using very concrete language about details? Then that may be an indicative of more of a sensing preference. Or do you hear more abstract language about intangibles that may be more indicative of the intuition preference. And as you get a feel for that, you'll be able to look back on this list and give yourself some coaching on how you can lead and communicate even more effectively. And so uh, this is the part of the show where I try to jump in and and give some community news and feedback. And uh, again, if you would like the uh, the notes and all the resources for this episode, this is again episode number 45. Uh, everything I just mentioned, I actually write out uh, for each show. So you can find that on our website at coachingforleaders.com. You can also join the conversation about this episode. When you get to the show notes page on episode 45 here, just scroll to the bottom. You'll see there's a place you can add in comments and uh, discussion with me and with other community members. So feel free to do that. Again, our hotline, if you'd like to call in and leave a message is 949-38-LEARN and email, of course, feedback at coachingforleaders.com. Before letting you go this week, I do want to mention two things. First of all, I want to say thank you to Javier Garza, Talk to Learn, and Jeff Wolf for jumping onto our Facebook site this week, at and that's at Coaching for Leaders. You can just search for that on Facebook. And for liking us on Facebook, and I'm going to be continually putting up uh, resources and tools, articles there, uh, things that I don't necessarily put up on our Coaching for Leaders site. So feel free to jump onto Facebook as well if you are a Facebook user. And then I want to just leave you with one quote this week. Um, when I was When I think about personality, you know, I think all of us are so unique. Uh, we certainly do see patterns and Carl Jung's research and all the personality preferences that we've been talking about the last couple of weeks and we'll talk about going forward. 
will uh, point out a number of the patterns and the similarities that we'll see in personality, but each person is absolutely unique. Just because we see similarities and patterns does not mean that we're all the same. And we all know that every single individual that we lead is unique. And my probably one of my favorite all-time quotes is from E.E. Cummings. And this quote for me is all about individualism and personality and honoring that. E.E. Cummings said, to be nobody but yourself in a world which is doing its best night and day to make you just like everybody else means to fight the greatest battle there is to fight and never stop fighting. Hey, if this show has been helpful to you, I would encourage you to hop on to coachingforleaders.com and go to forward slash iTunes. If you're an iTunes user, we'd love to have you leave a review on iTunes, a written review, so more folks can learn about this show. And uh, hey, if you use the Stitcher radio network, I know uh, we have a number of listeners on Stitcher. Thank you for joining us. Please include us on your favorites list. We'd love to continue to stay in touch with you over there. A reminder, the link to the show notes is on our website, coachingforleaders.com. And of course, if you're joining us the first time, this show does air every Monday. And one final reminder, wherever you are in the world, whatever's on your agenda today, take one idea from this show to engage and develop someone you lead. Take care, everybody.